2 Kings chapter 5. Now Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honourable, because by him Yahweh had given victory to Syria. I'm going to pause there before we keep on reading. It says that Yahweh had given victory to Syria by Naaman. Come back to that. Just wanted to point that out. Um, he was also a mighty man of valour, but he was a leper. The Syrians had gone out in bands and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maiden, and she waited on Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, I wish that my lord were with the prophet who was in Samaria, then he would heal him of his leprosy. Someone went in and told his lord, saying, The maiden who is from the land of Israel said this. The king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. He departed and took with him ten talents of silver, and six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of clothing. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now, when this letter has come to you, behold, I have sent Naaman, my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel had read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God, to kill and make alive, that this man sends to me to heal a man of his leprosy? But please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel against me. It was so when Elisha the man of God heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall come again to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of Yahweh his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leper. <laughs> Aren't Abana and Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. His servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had asked you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? How much rather then when he says to you, wash and be clean? Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. He returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him, and he said, See, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now therefore, please take a gift from your servant. But he said, as Yahweh lives before whom I stand, I will receive none. He urged him to take it, but he refused. Naaman said, If not, then please let two mules, burden of earth, be given to your servant, for your servant from, will from now on offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice to other gods, but to Yahweh. In this thing may Yahweh pardon your servant when my master goes into the house of Ramon to worship there, and he leans on my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Ramon, when I bow myself in the house of Ramon, may Yahweh pardon your servant in this thing. He said to him, Go in peace. So he departed from him a little way. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared this Naaman, the Syrian, in not receiving at his hand that which he brought. As Yahweh lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman, when Naaman saw one running after him, he came down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? He said, All is well. 
My master has sent me, saying, Behold, even now two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of clothing. Now Amon said, Be pleased to take two talents, he urged him, and bound two talents of silver in two bags, with two changes of clothing, and laid them on two of his servants, and they carried them before him. When he came to the hill, he took them from their hand and stored them in the house. Then he let the men go, and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master. Elisha said to him, Where did you come from, Gehazi? He said, Your servant went nowhere. He said to him, Didn't my heart go with you when the man turned from his chariot to meet you? Is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive groves and vineyards and sheep and cattle and male servants and female servants? Therefore the leprosy of Naaman will cling to you and to your offspring forever. He went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. Wow. So um, the king, before we get into the story, the king of Syria, which I'm pretty sure was Ben-Hadad, and the king of Israel, which at this point is Jehoram, but just a few chapters back was Ahab. Ahab and Ben-Hadad and a few others had attacked the Assyrians in battle. Well, the Assyrians had actually attacked them, but they had defeated the Assyrians. At the start of this chapter, it said that the Lord, that Yahweh had given Naaman, you know, victory. And so um, I'm pretty sure this is the, that's the battle that they're talking about. It's called the Battle of Karkar or Battle of Kekar. And Shalmaneser III, the Assyrian, attacked. And there was an alliance of 11 kings that defeated them. And that was a really important victory for Syria and for Israel because it kept the Assyrians away for 100 years. But eventually the Lord wanted the Assyrians to come and take away the northern nation. And they did. And we'll get to that later on. And so the Lord has given Naaman this victory. Naaman has, of course, taken for himself a slave girl from Israel in a raid. So it seems like Israel and Syria, um, they kind of worked together sometimes and they fought against each other at other times. And a lot of it depended on who was the king at what time and what treaties there were and all this type of thing. The world is very different back then. Can you imagine Australia and New Zealand? <laughs> We've always been cooperative, but imagine, you know, it was on and off and, or, you know, Tasmania, you know, attacking the Australians. <laughs> you know, you know, we're Australians. No, we're not Australians. We're Australians again. Um, well, you know, that was the ancient world and um, crazy, crazy stuff. So we've got Naaman, or Naaman, a Syrian, but in this chapter, he becomes a follower of Yahweh. He's got this terrible disease, and his servant girl says, you know, that you could get healed in Israel. Now, I think it was very sweet of that servant girl. Can you imagine that you've been taken off into slavery, into a foreign land, and for most people, you wouldn't be thinking of how to help You'd be thinking of how to get away. But this little girl's a real sweetheart. And she says, you know, my master could be healed if only he was with the prophet in Israel. And um, so I think it's a wonderful selfless attitude that's in that girl and something we could all learn from. So no matter what situation you're in, now there's no slavery, you know, there's still situations of slavery in the world, but not like in the Bible times. But the, the, the similar situ or comparable situation could be if you're in a job you don't like and you've got to serve your boss <laughs> and you've got to do what he says and you don't like it and it's, it could be monotonous or you could just be surrounded by unpleasant people or something like that. And all you can think of is just you want to get away. But no, instead, 
have the heart that this little girl had. Think, how can you serve your master? How can you serve your boss? Your boss could be male, it could be female, it could be, you know, no matter who it is, how can you serve them? And the minimum you could do is pray for them and have a good and open heart toward them, and you want to do your best toward them, just like this little girl did. Her behavior was unusual, but for Christians, it shouldn't be unusual because we've got the Holy Spirit in us and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So we should have all these attitudes in us so that we want to have a good heart towards our bosses and our servants, just like this little girl. So anyway, she, you know, the message goes to Naaman. Naaman sends a message to the king of Israel. The king of Israel is worried. <laughs> They're trying to pick a fight. I can't heal him. Eventually, Elisha hears about it. Elisha says, send him to me. So he turns up at Elisha's house. Now, Elisha lives, as far as we know, in, it doesn't say in Samaria, but it's, it's in Samaria, but it's close to Mount Carmel, which is, um, you know, 20, 30 kilometers west of the Jordan River. And he says to Naaman, or Naaman, go bathe yourself in the Jordan River seven times. Now this is a 20, 30 kilometer-ish journey to the Jordan River to do this. Naaman or Naaman doesn't like the sound of that because he says, back in Syria, we've got way nicer rivers. Now, I wondered about that. <laughs> I looked it up and I have a feeling that maybe the rivers in the time of Naaman were nicer. They're definitely not nicer now because uh, in recent years, there's been a terrible civil war in Syria and the rivers are just dirty and polluted. I mean, I looked at photos of them. In fact, I'd say the Jordan River is nicer than the rivers in, in Syria now. But back in that day, um, I guess they weren't. And um, so Naaman doesn't want to do it. And um, he basically feels insulted. You know, you, you don't even come out to see me. You send out a messenger and you tell me to go do this thing in this dirty old river. I don't want to do it. And um, right there is what you would call a test of surrender. <laughs> and the Lord, believe it or not, he does it to every single person. You know, if it was, if getting every good thing was as simple as just click your finger, everyone would have every good thing. But what salvation is somehow is connected with lordship. And I know some people say that that's not true. They say, oh, salvation is of grace alone and, and you just pray one little prayer and you'll get everything from God. It, it is true that salvation is of grace alone, but we need to surrender our hearts to the Lord. We need to repent, repent of our sins. We need to, we need to be like that thief on the cross that acknowledges our sin. There's no one in heaven that's there with a proud attitude that lived life their own way and did whatever they want and just prayed a prayer and got into heaven because they've just prayed a prayer. It, grace doesn't work like that. It is of grace alone, but grace comes with surrendering the heart. And so there's a test. There's always a test. The test is, are you willing to do something God's way? And so there's this test put to before Naaman. He's got to go bathe in the dirty old river. And Naaman doesn't want to do it, but one of his servants says, come on, mate. If he'd asked you for some actual hard thing, you know, like climb the biggest mountain in the world, you'd have done it. So Naaman gives in, he surrenders. He surrenders the heart, and he goes and does it, and he becomes clean. Then he goes back to Elisha to give a gift. Now, remember what I said? The Jordan River is 20 to 30 kilometers away, so he has to go all the way to the river, come all the way back. We're talking two days, a day to there, 
a day back. So this is this actually isn't as easy as it seems when you just read the, the book. But Elisha does not want the gift and just sends him on his way with no gift. And there's a good reason for that, because salvation is not something you buy. And uh, he doesn't want there to be any sense that Naaman has purchased his healing. He wants it to be a gift because it's a picture of salvation. In the Old Testament, leprosy was a symbol of sin. And what we've got here in Naaman is a story of the cleansing of sin. So do you notice that Naaman goes to where to be baptized? Or where, sorry, not to be baptized, where to be cleansed? The Jordan River. It's where Jesus was baptized. And so we have a picture here of going to the place where Jesus was washed. And in there, our leprosy or our sin is washed away. We've got to follow the example of Christ by following him, entering into the waters of baptism, putting our life down under the water, that's what baptism is, and coming up as a new person, repenting, and our sins will be washed away. So we've got a picture here of salvation. And the reason why Elisha does not want a gift is because salvation is free. But you do have to surrender to the Lord, but you receive it as a free gift. So that's why it's a full picture of salvation. But Gehazi ruins it because he sends a messenger after him and he wants to, um, you know, basically say, you know, we do want something, please give us something. And he tells a lie. And then he tells another lie to Elisha, saying, I didn't go anywhere. And Elisha says to him, because of this, the leprosy of Naaman will come on you and your family. And so when people um, treat the gospel like this, they end up back in their sins. They end up with the leprosy upon them. They end up back in their sins. So we've got a whole picture here of salvation right back in the Old Testament. And Jesus, when he went into the synagogue in Capernaum, in Luke chapter 4, he used Naaman as an example. He said, during the time of Elijah the prophet, he, you know, he, he basically said that Elijah didn't do anything for anyone in Israel, but he went to a, a woman from Sidon. And during the time of Elisha, he went, didn't go to anyone in Israel, but he healed someone from Syria. So Jesus was using these examples to say that the gospel wasn't just for Israelites, it was for everyone, for Syrians and Phoenicians. That's people from Sidon. Well, they didn't like that. They wanted to stone Jesus. But Jesus used that as an example to say that the love and the mercy of God is for all people. It's for you and it's for me. And so rather than just think this is a story, it's an example to us. We must come to Christ. We come with to receive grace, but we come with the surrender of the heart. We receive his cleansing. We don't buy it. We don't think we could earn it or deserve it or pay for it, but we receive it with gratitude. And in doing so, our hearts are washed clean. Thank God. Lord, we thank you for the story of Naaman. We thank you, Lord, that the gospel isn't just for Israelites. It's for all people. But I thank you, Lord, when we come into Christ, we become the Israel of God. Thank you, Lord, the Bible is so rich in truth. And Lord, let our hearts soak in the richness and let us come to appreciate you more and more and more. Lord, let our hearts be filled with gratitude and joy and appreciation and may blessing and grace flow from us to others. In Jesus' name, amen.